Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. economy continues to dominate politics in America. Um, all of us are getting hit one way or the other. That's apparent, self-evident, as they say. And what is the mystery is why Democrats are polling so well um, up to uh, the midterm elections. Now, the polls may be phony. Many of them are. Uh, I always say I trust Trafalgar and Rasmussen based upon their past results, not anything. I don't know them or anything like that, but, you know, I am a guy who's fact-based. If I see somebody is accurate, then I pay attention. But anyway, the economy is the big thing. But second to that, second to it, isn't the border. It isn't violent crime. There are elements of both in the second one. It's the decline of American culture, the decline of our culture, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. If you watch TV news, you've seen the pictures of a mob in Philadelphia breaking into a store, uh, about 100 teenagers, mostly people of color, uh, based upon the video surveillance that has been released, just basically went into a store and stole stuff and wrecked the store. Um, Looting. That's what they did. And you're saying to yourself, why? There was no why. Um, they just were congregating in northeast Philadelphia. They went to the store, kicked in the door, and robbed it. A hundred of them. Uh, a police detective saw, told the local news that there were kids as young as 10 years old looting the store. So... It's outrageous, but it's bigger than that. It is bigger than that. This is a breakdown of morality. What is morality? Morality is right and wrong. So when you hurt another person, that's wrong. When you hurt the owners of a store, that's wrong. When I was in school, I would have never in a million years gone into a store and looted it. And I bet the same is for you. Now, as a teenager, that was inconceivable. I would never have done it. And I wasn't some goody kid. I mean, I, I'm mischievous. But I wouldn't go in and rob a store. Now, 
I don't want to say it's acceptable to most teenagers. I don't want to say that. That would be unfair to generalize like that. But there is an element in this country where that is acceptable. They don't see it as wrong. Ripping off people is okay. Even hurting people is okay. That's growing. That's growing. And the reason it's growing is there isn't any resistance against it. So there's no arrests. I mean, you got 100 kids on tape. Philadelphia cops, where are you? Where are you? How are you ever going to stop this unless you hold people like that accountable? I don't care if they're teenagers. I don't care if they're 10. You bring them in and have the parents show up and ask the parents why a 10-year-old would break into a store. If you don't, then you're going to have more of this, probably have more of it anyway. So the breakdown in our social structure, the absence of right and wrong in many precincts, is leading to death, violence. Um, it's, it's murdering, literally murdering our culture. And if you speak out against it, then you get attacked. So you're a racist. If you point out that most of the kids who went into a store by the surveillance video are African-American. So you say that, you're racist. Did Philly uh, media report that? No. They saw it with their own eyes and wouldn't report it. Now, does it matter? Only to the extent of accuracy and the fact of the matter. It doesn't, it's not a bigger picture. You can't say all black kids are bad or all black parents are derelict. That, that would be brutally unfair. And I would never do that. But there is a reason in this neighborhood in Northeast Philadelphia that happened. So let's find out what the damn reason is. Everybody knows there are derelict parents in this country all over the place. Everybody knows it. There are more bad parents in the United States of America today than at any other time in history. We all know the public schools. Many of them completely abdicate their authority of teaching kids morals, right from wrong. They don't do it because they're afraid that somebody may come in, oh, what are you, the morality police? What are you? Come on. Come on. Get a civics course up and running. Get a criminal justice course up and running. So the combination of terrible parents and an irresponsible public school system leads to the kids going into the store, which leads to a collapse of our society because these kids are going to be adults. You think they're going to magically change their point of view? Oh, oh, yeah. Some kids wise up. Some kids say, oh, I, was, I made a mistake. And I, but there's a pattern of behavior going on here. We saw it after the George Floyd riots, which were condoned, by the way, by the corrupt corporate media. We saw it. Oh, yeah, that was injustice with George Floyd, and it was. So now we can go burn down a store. Or we can run over somebody with a car. That condemned widely by the media was not. Was not. Public schools teaching their kids, hey, rioting, no. It's not what we do here. No. 
They don't. So the, our culture, American culture, the way we used to be, raised in a climate of this is right and this is wrong, vanishing. And it's being replaced by anarchy. That we're going to do whatever we want to do. I see it in New York City, 20 miles away from where I am right now. You have got on the street thousands, literally thousands of people who will hurt you for no reason. And very few of them are punished. And so they hurt people over and over and over again. And the governor who presides over all of this in New York State, Hochul, may win re-election. If you vote for her or anyone like her in L.A., in Chicago, you are voting for more violence. You are saying, I want more violence. I want more people hurt. Because the Hochuls of the world, the progressive left, isn't going to stop it. They justify it by historical injustice. And that is the memo. Horrible. President Biden is another guy who doesn't condemn anything. Nothing. Oh, we'll put more money in. We'll spend more money. That's what we'll do. So he did three things today. Biden. At 10 a.m. he had a conference on hunger. Okay, so what this is is food insecurity. Uh, The Biden administration has doubled food stamps. That's the solution to everything. More money, more spending, more money, more spending. At 11 a.m., it is Disability Pride Month. Okay, disabled Americans should be taken care of, should be protected. No problem. 7 p.m., he participated in the Democratic Governors Association reception. I hope Kathy Hochul's there. Maybe Hochul and uh, Biden get a selfie, a selfie together. Okay? As the governor of New York. And Pritzker, too. Pritzker get into that selfie. You got three of them. And maybe Newsom will get four of them. All four line up. Hey, we want more violence. And, and the president likes it. Like, let's get, we want more violence. That's what we stand for. Sorry to be cynical, but it's true. Okay, so uh, on September 7th of this month, there was a letter written to me about President Biden's Forgiveness of student loans. Roll the tape. Tuan Wen, Liberty Township, Ohio. Bill, do you think there will be legal action about the Biden student loan forgiveness program? Yes. It's very flimsy what he did. And I believe that uh, there will be lawsuits against it. Presto, the lawsuit against it. The Pacific Legal Foundation, a libertarian public interest law firm, has filed suit in Sacramento, California, against the Biden administration, saying, quote, that the president's decision to cancel student loan for some borrowers is illegal because only Congress has the power of the purse and did not approve it. Got a chance. Got a chance. So let's bring in a guy now who knows a lot about the economy. His name is Lou Dobbs. You may have heard of Lou Dobbs. He uh, is the host of The Great America Show with Lou Dobbs. If he's the host, that would make sense. And he joins us now from his farm in New Jersey, 
where he's growing food to survive whatever is coming. All right. Did I overdo it on the economic analysis? No, I don't think so. And by the way, uh, killing the legends, uh, that was one heck of a sales pitch. I'm going to be buying several copies right away. Bill, I mean, that's a, that's an amazing concept that you came up with. And uh, I know the book will do it like all your others will do amazing. Uh, so congratulations on the book. Thank In terms you. of the, the economy, uh, right now we're in a place we've never been before. We have, uh, as you say, double-digit inflation, even though the CPI was at 8.3, 8.5. Uh, and a president who says it's zero because it doesn't move one month, June to July, uh, it's preposterous. We have a man we have to pretend is able, not impaired, in the White House who reminds us daily of just how impaired he is and how dire the situation is when he doesn't even understand the impact or the consequences or doesn't care about the impact or the consequences of his economic policy. This, the lavish spending is an understatement uh, that this, this president has undertaken. We will be paying for this for a very long time. Many people don't, don't know, Bill, $31 trillion in national debt, trillions of dollars more than the size of the GDP itself. That hasn't happened since World War II. Uh, and we are in severe straits for so many reasons. Okay, what are you, who's worked hard all his life, and you have investments as most of us do, what are you doing now? Well, one of the things that's, uh, that's impossible to resist uh, is the, the short-term uh, treasuries. Uh, those short uh, treasury bills are paying almost 4% uh, for six months, nine months. And if you want to go further out, you just simply lose money because we're still in an inverted yield curve. So I would uh, say that the most uh, appealing investment right now are those short-term treasuries for people. It's safe. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you still have to pay taxes on it, uh, but it's an awfully good return. And it's, as, as I say, in these times, it's safe and that's worth a whole lot of money. Now, there are some people who are trying to buy the market um, down. They say, well, it's got to come back. So we'll get low prices. Is that smart, do you think? For some people, it's smart because they have the capital to do so. Uh, picking a bottom is a dangerous thing for anyone to do. Uh, I've tried it over the course of 40 years, and uh, I've, uh, I've missed by some sizable margins along the way. Uh, but you also historically know that that market will come back. It just changes some people from short-term investors to long-term investors. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you've got sufficient capital, uh, as always, what you put in the market should be excess capital. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a gamble. You're gambling. And, and, you know, exactly. Right, exactly. right. Now, most people have 401ks. I shouldn't say most, but many people have 401ks and they get their monthlies and it's dropping. It's dropping. I don't even look. I can't. I'll cry. I don't yeah. even look. And what makes me mad is I predicted everything that's happened um, before the 220 election. I predicted if Biden wins, this is what's going to happen. A hundred percent across the board. And I went oh, like this. And every time I see my liberal friends, I like take a hammer out and they run away. Um, but this is pain because people need retirement money. They need college money. I mean, Biden's going to run up a $500 billion college um, uh, forgiveness, loan forgiveness debt, but that's, 
right. not close to what it is. And you need funds and people are very, very worried. Is there anything you can say to those people to bring the apprehension level down? Uh, I can say that we've seen new homes uh, sell again. That's the first time that's happened in six months. We've seen, we see spots of uh, what I would call hopeful signals, but not many and not enough. To, to We're still in a recession. There's no doubt about that. We've had two consecutive quarters of uh, contracting economy. Uh, that is by what, whoever wants to define it any way they want. Uh, remember, this president has a lawyer for his chief economics advisor. Uh, so that tells you how interested he is in uh, the the realities of the economy. But we're in recession. It's going to be a while before we get out, in my opinion. Uh, it could be next year. Uh, we are also in hyperinflation, as you put it. And hyperinflation to me is anything approaching double digit. And uh, we're just going to have to, as I say, we're going to have to hunker down here because that's what corporations are doing. They're laying people off. The Federal Reserve is raising rates at levels that are unprecedented. And it's the same old nonsense from the Federal Reserve. I thought Jerome Powell had learned his lesson, Bill, but he didn't uh, under Trump. When he started raising rates in advance of the market, uh, he got hammered and so did President Trump for a short period of time. But Trump was a better economist than Jerome Powell ever hoped to be. And certainly this, uh, this Fed now uh, is basically saying to the working man and woman in this country, the hell with you. Uh, he said, yeah, that, that's absolutely right. And, and many of them don't even know that they don't even know exactly. they're getting the finger from the White House. And just one aside, Trump had Larry Kudlow. Right. That was a key because Kudlow right. knows the economy. He knows the supply side and how to grow the capitalist economy. Final question. There are many, many Americans on the conservative traditional side who believe, firmly believe Biden and the Democrats want to tank the capitalistic system to impose a quasi-socialism, big government runs the economy from Washington. Do you believe that? Yeah, there's nothing quasi-socialist about this. This is a Marxist uh, ideology at work, and there is no way in the world. Think about this, Bill. There's not a single policy that this administration has pursued that you can demonstrate to anyone is in the national interest, whether it's an open border, whether it is sky high prices, whether it is diminished, diminished independence on energy. I mean, we are, we are. It's awful. And then you go with the crime and the, and the wokeism. It, it never ends. Yeah. But even though it's awful, the polling has this. It's not like a mass repudiation of the Biden administration, the Democratic Party. It's not what's no. happening. I think it's because many of our fellow American voters are dumb. They don't know yeah. anything and they don't want to know anything. Last word. Well, they're being accommodated by a national uh, mockingbird press right. and media that doesn't want them to know and wants them to be beguiled and uh, shielded from truth. Uh, that's breaking down because of shows like yours, mine, and others uh, that are not dependent upon uh, the corporate media uh, for uh, for our existence and for our. I'm so glad I'm out. I don't know about you, but I'm so, I'll never go back to court ever in a million years. Look, if Amen, you want to if you want to find Lou, it's very simple. LouDobbs.com. LouDobbs.com. You go there. It's like BillOReilly.com. 
Everything Lou is there. Pictures of him on his tractor uh, with radishes or whatever you do on the farm. I don't know. But Lou Dobbs. (laughs) Thanks for helping us out, Lou. We appreciate it. So let's bring in uh, Brett Sadler. He is a Heritage Foundation Research Fellow. Uh, Very impressive resume. 26-year Navy career. Knows the world as well as anybody else. Um, And he is obviously following what is happening not only in Russia, but in China. So my analysis of Russia and United States, do you agree? Yes, by and large, the dangers have uh, not subsided. They've only gotten worse and nothing that we're seeing out of the administration is indicating that there's going to be any downward pressures on that anytime soon, unfortunately. How what could they do to de-intensify the situation? What could the Biden administration do? Well, I think the first thing is less artful diplomatic speak, uh, much more clear and forthright statement of U.S. interest. I think that's gotten only better, after, unfortunately, after the war started. Would have been better to have that occur before, but also having a military posture that backs up our national interest, and that is right now in Europe is supporting NATO. And it's been too slow and too little in bolstering our military presence in the Baltic states, Poland and Romania. That should also be accelerated. But at the same time, it's important to keep up the military arms flowing into Ukraine, as you said earlier. So you see this as you cannot back down from Putin. You have to meet him so he knows if he launches a nuke or he does anything else, he's going to be punished. Do you believe that the Biden administration has the heart to do that? Unfortunately, they'll wait until after an action's taken before they'll respond and they'll test the waters to determine whether the public or their allies would support it. Unfortunately, what's needed is forceful positioning and statement of clear intent before Putin tests us with a tactical nuclear weapon. Now, the odds are small, but they certainly are not zero on his use of that. And I don't see that as a likely outcome in the near future. Why? Putin looks like he's a madman now. He looks like he's lost all control of situations. I think he is losing control of the situation. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily characterize him as a madman. He is extremely calculating, but he's strategically, he's proven himself to be incompetent, taking near-term risk for long-term no payoff. And it's putting Russians and Russia in a very bad position that I don't see them getting out of from in the next few years. That being said, there's no reason to paint him into a corner unnecessarily. Uh, He can still, and the Russian people can still basically pull themselves out of the situation they're in doesn't seem like he has any inclination to do that. And I don't know why. I didn't even think he was going to invade Ukraine. Uh, I, I didn't think that he would disrupt his whole country the way he has, for, as you said. For what? Nothing. So now it shows me that he may be uh, mentally ill. And if he is, uh, then we got a problem because this guy uh, could do nukes or anything else. And I think the reality is that most Americans would say, all right, it's not worth it. Let them have Ukraine if it means we don't have to deal with nuclear warfare. I think most Americans would say that. That would be a very dangerous uh, choice on our part to, to accept that without response. And I'm not looking at Russia and Europe. I'm looking over at what could happen in Asia with China, which sure. would be significantly more horrific if, if we were to give a pass in Ukraine. It, would, it doesn't play to our interest at all. Now, one more question about Putin. We'll get to China. Mm. From your analysis and watching Putin, he doesn't seem to be the same guy that he was 
say, when he met with Trump in Helsinki. He seems to be something wrong there. That's number one. But number two, if he indeed tried to use a nuke, wouldn't U.S. intel know that? Because there would be dissent in his military. It's not like the military is going to fall into line for a nuclear strike over there. Some maybe would, but a lot wouldn't. Or am I wrong? So the Russian military, like its predecessor, the Soviet military, in their doctrine, they, they definitely consider tactical nuclear weapons not in the same way that we view nuclear weapons. And unfortunately, since 2010's nuclear posture review, under the Obama administration, has now been doubled down under the Biden, Biden administration, we thought we'd have a much more favorable world when it comes to nuclear weapons. The reality is there's thousands of these things in the Russian arsenal not covered by any arms control uh, protocols at all. So it's very hard for intelligence to get an eye or a bead on these things if they are put to the field. Another part that's very dangerous is the, the authority for the use of these weapons. If it's been delegated down to field-grade officers, as we knew in the past in the Soviet times they did, that's an extremely dangerous situation if that's in fact happened. So, so some it's, colonel it's could just... The odds are not some, zero for sure. Some colonel could decide to do this? That seems to be preposterous. In their doctrine, if that is, if they are in a situation where they feel that they are losing on the field to a strategic consequence, in other words, no nuclear strategic weapons used, but if the consequences rise up to a strategic level, uh, i.e. to save their forces from being surrounded, a large force, the divisions of their forces, then a tactical nuke is certainly within their doctrine. And oh, by the they'd way, that get, also is echoed in China. Yeah, but they'd have to get Putin to sign off on that, you would imagine. But anyway, it, it seems to me an out-of-control situation right now. So let's go to China. So China obviously watching to see uh, how much suffering Russia will endure by this uh, invasion of Ukraine, because China would like to take Taiwan by force. But the Chinese economy now is tottering. And 1.5 billion people are dependent. They have to eat every day. And, you know, an invasion where... There would be immediate sanctions on China. Nobody would buy anything that they have. And it's an export economy over there, as you know. That would be devastating to them on an economic basis. And they have a much more precarious economy than Russia does because Russia is still basically oil. That's what they are in. That's what they do. China didn't have that. So there are more restraints on China, are there not? Well, less and less. Since 2014, both Russia and China, after sanctions, they started creating their own alternative uh, financial transfer system to SWIFT. That's in play now. Uh, China also, since about 2013, has gone on a global buying spree through the Belt and Road Initiative to both grow uh, industrial capacity overseas, but also the access to the resources they would need if they were shut out from the Western world or Western economies on situation like a war over Taiwan. So they've, they've had years to harden themselves. They do have weaknesses, that's for sure. But the clock is ticking, and the opportunity for China to move on Taiwan or to have Taiwan acquiesce is fast running out. And so the year 2027 comes to mind. It's been acknowledged by folks in and out of government, uh, CIA directors current and past, as well as the commanders of Indo-Pacific Command before and, pre and the present ones, who would actually have to fight a war with China if that actually came to pass. So well, China, not 10 feet tall, but they have a lot more resilience than the Russians have. Biden says that if China tries to invade Taiwan, U.S. military will get involved. Said it flat out. Do you believe that Biden would back that up? I think so. 
Um, how he does it and how effective, that's a different question. The sad part of it is that, you know, it'd be better to have a military posture to signal what our interests are. That's not necessarily clear. It's better than it has been in the last uh, year or so. So it's gotten better. But, you know, Teddy Roosevelt's old saying, you know, speak softly and carry a big stick. That's the language and the military posture that the Chinese communists would understand. And uh, it would be far better to have a much more stronger military presence in the Western Pacific, uh, showing the Chinese where our interests really are, rather than just artful diplomatic language. Uh, Pelosi's trip to Taiwan obviously exacerbated the situation. I thought that was a mistake, much like the Jean-Pierre statement about asylum for Russians who uh, leave the country. I didn't think Pelosi had to go there and do that. Was I wrong? I'm of two minds. I, I think in the, in the longer term, it actually is a good thing, because what we are doing is we're conditioning the Chinese communists in Beijing to understand that we have a relationship with the Chinese in Taiwan, and that that is not a violation of longstanding U.S. policy. And by little bits, taking little steps in that direction to condition them to accept that is important. Now, if you were to elevate that to a sitting, like a president or a vice president going to Taiwan, that would have been an escalation and probably would have been premature. But it's important that we keep this momentum going and conditioning the Chinese to understand that our relationship with Taiwan is not at their uh, veto. Okay, Mr. Sadler, very good analysis. Thank you for helping us out. I want to tell everybody our partner for international news is thedailychatter.com, dailychatter.com. And if you want to be up to date like we are about what's happening in the world and how it affects America, uh, you get that. I get it every morning. All right. By 7 a.m., I've got the daily chatter and I look at it. It's they send about three or four stories every day. Um, and it's a very, very good convenience, particularly if you are interested in foreign news. Dailychatter.com. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD, Two six five five three two. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Back to the Democrats. Governor Newsom, California, signs a bill allowing illegal immigrants to obtain a California ID. 
This is different than a driver's license. They already have that law. So if you sneak into America and you want a driver's license in the state of California, you can sign up and get one. This is for people who don't drive. California's going to give them a state ID. With that ID, they can do everything they want to do in California. Open a bank account, uh, register for entitlements, food stamps, government assistance, whatever it may be, because they got a California ID. And now we have to monitor whether that California ID would be good for voting. Newsom wants it to be. I don't know if it will or not. It doesn't say. It's a government-issued ID to illegal immigrants. Now, if they do say, yeah, the California ID allows you to vote, then the feds will have to come in. There'll be a lawsuit immediately. Okay? But this, what Newsom's trying to do is what they call de facto legalization. That's what California's trying to do. So you get here from anywhere in the world, you're a California resident. And you want to go to public school? Yeah. You want food stamps? Sure. Everything that Californians get, you get. De facto legalization. That's what California is doing. Now, if you had a non-corrupt federal government, which we don't, our federal government's corrupt, immediately the Justice Department would come in and say, you can't do that. Federal law supersedes that. You have to be in this country legally in order to receive anything. Federal government going to do that? Not under Biden. Nope. Now, did you know about this story? Did you know about Mitch McConnell and the dark money? Did you know about Mark Zuckerberg being sued? I think three important stories, you had no clue about it because the press not interested in it. And that's the corruption of the media. And I got to tell you what's going on, even though these things are vitally important for the future of our country. All right, Putin's in trouble. You know, I get a lot of mail from, uh, I get a lot of mail from everywhere. <laughs> Radio, TV, concierge members, everywhere. And I would say every day I get a letter saying, I saw on cable TV. And as soon as I see that, I go, oh, <laughs> he saw on cable TV. You know, and the latest one is that Putin's winning in uh, Ukraine. <laughs> what can I tell you? What can I tell you? I, I don't know what to say anymore. So if you're going to sit there and watch cable TV, you're going to hear all kinds of stuff. Much of it untrue. It's up to you. You can spend your time with us or you can spend your time with them. So Putin is in trouble. 32 different cities in Russia now have public demonstrations against him. Why? Because he called up 300,000 men to fight in Ukraine, and these men don't want to do it. So now, about 3,000 people have been arrested across Russia. And when you're arrested, you're beaten up. I mean, this is not, you know, a benevolent arrest. Okay, this is not no bail law. So 3,000 people at least have been detained, and Putin had to leave Moscow. So he goes to his Dhaka near the Black Sea. He's got this 
big, big place. Putin's got like 10 homes. It's like Saddam Hussein. He's got this big place near the Black Sea. It's in the middle of the forest, and that's where he is. So he had to leave. <laughs> so I'm just hoping that, you know, the people rise up. It's going to be bloody if it happens, but I'm just hoping. So if you want to visit Putin's secret lair, it's in a town called Gelsenjik, G-E-L-E-N-D-Z-H-I-K. And it has three stories, a personal beauty parlor, a temple to Putin's asceticism, and uh, I think it has a hockey rink over there. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Smart life. Okay. You see this jacket, a tie, shirt? I get free clothes because we have deals, what they call deals, with the people who make the clothes. And we give them publicity. They can use my likeness or whatever you want to do. And the clothes are really nice. Okay, but when I go out in public, I am very conscious of my appearance because that is important in America, no matter who you are. No matter who you are. So there is a trend now on television, particularly among sports guys and entertainment guys. i just show you the trend. Put a Howie Long up. Howie Long is an NFL Fox Sunday guy. So Howie's got a beautiful suit given to him free. Beautiful. That's a $1,000, $1,500 suit. Look at the shoes. Oh, he's got sneaks. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Can't you? You could wear black loafers. Never wear brown shoes with a dark suit, by the way. But you could wear a pair of black loafers with that, and you're fine. What you, what's with the sneakers? And that looks so bad. Put up Howie Mandel, who I love. Howie is hysterical. It's Howie. Now, Howie, he's doing a, a different thing here. He's, <laughs> he's got the untucked shirt, which untucked shirts, I'm sorry. You know, I'm old school. I understand. But does this look like a, how he's put together here? I, now, how it isn't, whereas Howie Long, you know, he's, he's in a kind of a formal thing. Howie Mandel, it's, it's a little more, well, he's a showbiz guy. I, Dylan Wang Heidi of the Chinese boy band F4. <laughs> All right, now, listen, I don't even know who you are, Dylan, but I want the best for you. What the red shoes, I mean, if you click the heels, do you go to Oz? I, the ruby red slipper, what, what, what is this statement? And finally, Andrew Randells, uh, who's on a Broadway now, again, this is a nice suit for Andrew. And he's got the dopey sneakers going on down there. I, I, I. 
Okay, so the reason I'm telling you this in the Smart Life segment is, no matter who you are, appearance is great. Appearance matters. People judge you, superficial, on your grooming and what you wear. Now, if you're out for casual, I wear sneaks all the time. Khaki pants, sneaks, jeans, whatever, that's fine. Very appropriate. But if I'm wearing this, I'm not wearing red sneakers. All right, dogs, the study out of uh, Queen's University in Belfast that says your dog knows when you are tense. The Holly the Terror dog knows when I'm tense. Believe me, if there's angst going on, Holly takes off. She knows right away. Um, So apparently the dogs can smell sweat and your breath from a distance. And you start to sweat when you're tense. And I guess your breath changes when you're under stress. And the dogs, according to the study, pick that up right away. And some of them get very upset because they like you. They don't want you to be apprehensive. Um, And the study says that dogs pick up human anxiety at a 90% accurate rate. So I thought you uh, pet people out there would like to know that. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. As you may know, I'm doing a weekly show for Vidgo, when I just told you about Vidgo, uh, called Shock and Awe. And this week, we did one on the changing culture in America. And, you know, everybody knows how dramatically it's changed. One of the groups that has got affected negatively by the culture change is blacks, black people, because of the disintegration of the family. Roll the tape. On the latest episode of Shock and Awe. There's, there's no doubt about it that African-Americans, and I've said this throughout my whole career, have a much tougher road than Caucasian-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, any other group. But the only solution to that is to get the 70% born in a single-family home back down to a reasonable level, or it's just going to be a cycle because you have Bill, to have I think that's, a Bill, father. I think that's one of the solutions. That's not the only solution, but I think that's one of the solutions. I think we have a complex problem of uh, what I would call racial oppression in America, and you're not going to solve it with a simplistic uh, uh, solution. Shock and awe with Bill O'Reilly. Available right now, only on VidGo. Okay, that was Dr. Benjamin Chavis, the former head of the NAACP. And of course, I disagree with Dr. Chavis. It's not a simplistic solution. It's a marshalling of an effort to tell African-Americans that this fatherless home is not good. And we're not hearing that message. We're not hearing it. And that is the root of all poverty, crime, disrespect, alienation, You don't have a father in the home, the young males likely are going to run wild. Now, Benjamin, who's a good man, doesn't want that to be the focus of a reform campaign. He wants society 
to come together and solve the African-American community's problems. That'll never happen. Never in a million years. African-Americans have to solve their own problems. They have to start at the family level. This is like the immigration thing. You can solve illegal immigration in this country by enforcing the law. You can solve it. Trump made a, a very good attempt at doing it. But when you hear comprehensive immigration reform, it's bull. All that is is legalization for everybody here without documents. That's what comprehensive immigration reform is. It's legalization. The way to solve it is to say, you come to the United States and you're denied access, your petition is denied, you leave, you come back again, you go to prison. That's how you solve it. They're not going to do it. And the same thing in the African-American community. If every pastor, every black leader said enough of the single family stuff, 70%, then maybe, maybe the family unit would start to rise again. Thank you for listening to the No Spin News and watching me. We'll see you again tomorrow.